recording. Nope. Roger was sick. So it's just yours truly. Episode 300, December 28th, 5.50 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, dark as fuck. Been dark as fuck for a while. And um, one of the best ways to fight the winter blues... I guess waking up early, trying to get as much sunshine as possible, exercise, diet, meditation, lots of artificial light if you need it, but, um, or just yelling at a camera. And I am going to do that. I've been enjoying, I've done solo rants the last two days, and it seems that people are enjoying those. And I normally used to do those just to plug the holes, that's what she said, of guests who couldn't make it for whatever reason. And, oh, uh, yeah, check out my new hoodie. Pretty fucking dope, huh? Yeah. But, um, yeah, or another way to do it is just yell at a camera. So let's, uh, let's get into this. As always, I, I don't know, yesterday I did Project Data 200, and I kind of knew where I wanted to go with that. Today, I'm just gonna grab the thoughts as they come up truly fuck it do it live but one thought that um that a friend and i spoke about a couple months ago um is is 9-11 right and for this this idea it actually doesn't matter about whether it really was 19 hijackers funded by the saudis led by muhammad Atta, whether this was a, a u.s government inside job whether this was China or the uh, Soviet Union or whether it really was 19 hijackers, but the CIA knew about it and they let them through the defense net so that we could use this to go to the Middle East, whatever it was, just whatever it was. Let's just, it doesn't, for this, for this idea, it actually doesn't matter what it was. I mean, it always will matter. You know, if your government can do that to you, what won't they do? If 19 guys with box cutters can do that, what the fuck else can happen? But for for this for the scope of this, it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um. So what we can look at is what did happen. We went to Afghanistan. We didn't hit Bin Laden at Tora Bora, Tora Bora, and. And then obviously we went to Iraq and, you know, who knows what, you know, I was I'm young enough and old enough to remember the mobile WMD factories that they said. I mean, a mobile WMD factory, like what the fuck? But regardless, and this is one thing I always try to think about is like real politic, right? P-O-L-I-T-I-K. It is... Or even you could say Buddhism, sober examination of what is in front of you. Like Terrence McKenna, like don't, <coughs> don't, you know, we define things as this is my body, this is a desk, it is night, it is winter, Christmas was three days ago. Those are all things that we overlay our human concocted and I guess verbally spoken, manifested uh, illusions of it is December. Today is the 28th. But that... The universe doesn't give a fuck. Like, if you just... 
came up on Earth, just some alien species looking at us, there's no comprehension of, I mean, they might have their own calendar, but just imagine like a just a camera feed of Earth from like the same distance as the moon. And this has just been going around the sun for billions of years. There's no concept of day. I mean, even if you stayed in one spot in space and you saw the Earth go around the sun every 365, or you wouldn't have days, you just saw this revolution. What if you didn't even see it from a, a, a stationary spot and you see it going around? What if you were just in like geosynchronous orbit with the Earth? So you you have no perception of going around the sun you just see the sun there it is like you don't ever sure you could maybe look at like stars in the background changing with the night sky but i mean if you're just looking at it in space you just see the sun we really are just on a rock in space we really are just on a rock in space like there's an election election fraud who knows ccp biden trump russia we're just on <laughs> we're just on a rock in space that's just where we are you look up at night and there's just infinity just floating and you know sunrises sunsets oh it's a beautiful day oh look at the stars tonight but partly cloudy look at the moon Did you see the moon last night Woo! we're just we're standing at the bottom of a 75 mile ocean of atmosphere because gases obey the same laws as liquids kind of we are standing at the bottom of a 75-mile ocean. The deepest point in the ocean is uh, Challenger Deep in the Marianas Trench, which is, I think, 35,000 feet. It's about seven miles. Or is it five miles? Well, I say upper end, seven. We are standing at the bottom of an ocean about 10 times deeper than that. Not just the bottom, the ocean floor. Ground is ocean floor. We're just walking along an ocean floor. Fish have gills. We have these weird tooth holes in our face. And we're just breathing in this ocean. Ripping out the oxygen. Going into our lungs, into our alveoli. Going down the alveoli, going down our alve... Isn't the... That's kind of weird, the alveoli... We're using this to extract oxygen from the air at the bottom of this ocean. And then wasn't James Cameron's sub the Alvin? No, that was, I think that was the one that discovered Titanic. Whatever. We're just at the bottom of this ocean. On the ocean floor. Just walking around. Like, what is reality? What is this insanity? Like, it just is. It just is. It's, it's right now. It is. 
It's not not. It is. You can feel it. Just get still. What is this thing? And it's here right now. What? What's outside of it? What was before the Big Bang? The universe is expanding. Into what? Where was I before birth? Where are my grandma and grandpa and dog and brother and uncle? Two guys from high school I know that have passed away. Where are they? What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Point is... If you just examine it with your mind and remove the things that you project onto them. Glasses, him, her, table, other, good, bad. You just examine it, right? So like we say that there is an American country and that we have some bases around the world, but I mean, right? We objectively observe it we have bases around the world we have an empire we have an empire we have cia stations we have embassies i mean the the embassy in iraq that is i mean that is like a little sovereign nation it's like a little vatican armed to the fucking gills We have bases around the world. We are an empire. And I don't say that, here's the twist, is I don't say that as an edgy, like, we are the biggest empire that's ever, you know, it's the biggest, you know, it's a bigger terrorist organization than Al-Qaeda, America. No, I don't give a fuck. As a matter of fact, I do give a fuck. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I think we should have more. How many do we have, 800? I think we should be pushing around, I don't know, 2,500. And I think we should be adding 100 every year. That's what. We think it's bad China's making making bases in the South China Sea, fomenting or forming, fabricating islands. Well, they did off Dubai with the Palm Jumeirah, the Palm Jebelali, and the Earth and the, the world. Sorry, the world islands. I think we should be doing the same. Fuck that. We should be. I don't give a shit. Start start. We need an island chain off of Hawaii. Hawaii should be. We should be building shit off Hawaii. We should be changing that image from space. That's what we need. Quintuple the size of Hawaii. Put something in between... Well, I don't know, you get really high up north. Put something between Alaska and Russia. We should be putting them everywhere. Put one in the middle of the Atlantic. Like build an island in the middle of the Atlantic. I mean, really. like, Let's do it. We put ice bases in Greenland during the Cold War. I can never remember the names of those. But we had nuclear reactor-driven ice bases with nuclear missiles like what the fuck we've obviously gone to ad nauseum uh, antarctica operation high jump with uh, the beautiful bethany rolando um that was like 10 10 15 episodes ago we went into antarctica admiral bird operation high jump operation high jump 2 uh, deep freeze 
Yeah, we should be. Yeah, absolutely. We need bigger aircraft carriers. Yeah, I don't give. Okay, so point being, but we have these bases all over the world. We are an empire, and power will always. Nature pours a vacuum. Power will always fill the void. I think that we are the least evil power that can do it. No power is going to be good. Power always corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. That being said, I think we're the least evil. I think we do a lot of horrible shit. MK Ultra, Tuskegee, Dresden, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Mile. I mean, we do a lot of bad shit. And we always have. Agent Orange. We do bad shit. <sighs> But I legitimately do believe maybe the brainwashing has worked. Maybe the Kool-Aid has tasted great. But I think we're the least evil power that could that could occupy the vacuum. But we're just filling. So so what's what it is right? We can call it bases. No, we're, that's not our country. We have a base there, right? Isn't there like there's a tunnel in Norway where we have like 500 uh, Humvees and like I don't know like 20 Abrams tanks somewhere in there. I don't have a Jamie to look that up. Jamie, look that up. Okay. But I'm pretty sure Norway, I think it is. Right. Uh I think that I think that's the the plot of the new Call of Duty game. And it's Operation Greenlight. But there are actually things called Greenlight Teams, and it's where individual uh like spec ops teams would go in with like a one kiloton nuke or something, and they'd strap it to their chest and they'd go plant it and activate it. Uh Billy Wah. Billy Wah is an older Dale Comstock. He's just this fucking renaissance man of special forces. He's in his 90s now. But he fought in the Korean War and even went and served in Iraq. <laughs> like, yeah. And not just anything, like CIA, Tip of the Spirit, Special Activities Division. He was with them since the beginning. Like, OG. But he was part of Greenlight Teams. And that's one thing I thought about in like high school. I was like, wouldn't the ultimate first strike be to bury like a hundred megaton weapon in other nations? Garrett Graff wrote about that in Raven Rock. Said that how JFK feared um, a nuclear weapon being constructed in the attic of the Russian embassy or the Soviet embassy, smuggled in in diplomatic pouches. Yeah. But anyway, bases around the world. So we can call it we can call it embassies, we can call it, call it partnerships with Germany or Britain or whatever. But what it really is are little islands of America throughout the world. It's an empire. That's what it is. That is the objective. Look at it. What is it? It's our military forces with our communications and our intel hubs. Where are they? They're around the world. Those are forward operating bases. We, those are, that's what they are. So let's observe objectively the Middle East, Afghanistan and Iraq doesn't matter what was it does but not for this conversation like i said earlier it doesn't matter who was behind 9-11 was it genuine was it government was it government letting in a genuine attack whatever 
what is in, in are, did we go to Iraq for WMDs? Was it simply the military industrial complex trying to boost their sales? Were we going in there seizing all the oil? Was it again? Those are all. It's kind of like what George Carlin said: you keep the left and the right fighting and worried. You keep the left and the right aspects of the middle class bickering with each other and fearing and both and have them both fearing the lower class. So the middle class left and right, middle left, middle right, you have them going at each other, both pushing back down on the lower. Meanwhile, the upper runs away with all the fucking money. That like so it almost seems like that's like why are they there? Is it there for WMDs? Did they just not want to look incompetent? They couldn't find any, so we occupied there. Were we really trying to get oil? Were we just trying to kill Saddam? Were we whatever? What is the objective? What is it might be outside of that? Keep everyone everyone bickering about why they're there. But let everyone accept that we are there. And that's what I've been trying to get at for 17 minutes is that's why we are there. Yeah, it's 17 minutes for anyone that just checked the, the little timer, bitch. Doesn't matter, you know, where we're... The cops come to your house. Are they there because there was a breaking and entering reported? Are they there because someone in the house called? Is it there because someone one of the neighbors called? Did they get a warrant? Are they lying about a warrant? What's the objective reality? They're here in your house. They are there with weapons in your house. The ability to call for a backup. So that's we are in the Middle East. I know Trump is trying to withdraw. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Obama and Trump have both said a thousand times, "We're withdrawing. We're finally pulled." It's like, but but no, we're still there. Fuck off. So let's look at it on a map. I don't have one. But what is it? Is that all a smokescreen? Are we there so that some people say America just runs on perpetual war? Some people say, no, they're there for the oil. Some people say they just want to kill dictators. They just want to, some people say they just the military industrial complex wants a place to constantly just test new weapons. What is the reality? Well, everyone's bickering about why they're there, why we're there. We are there. And what is it? It is a very close place in proximity to the, to the uh, to Russia and to China and to Iran. The top three uh, cyber warfare uh, belligerent powers against the United States and North Korea. Not only that is... China rising, right? They, I mean, Russia always, they kind of died back down, but they're still our enemy. China, definitely the, the incoming threat. Personally, I think we should carpet bomb them with thermonuclear warheads, but that's not here nor there. What is the Middle East? It is American forces close by, right? One thing I've always thought about is like if a president wanted to do a coup, what would you do? Or if some not if someone that wasn't the president wants to do a coup, what would you do? You would call for a huge. This is what I thought Trump was going to do a couple of years ago. I was like, this isn't good. You'd call for a huge military parade. There's an excuse. Some people say a military parade is good. Some people say that's the sign of a dictator. But regardless about questioning why they are there, 
the reality is they are there. What is there? A bunch of tanks, fighter jets, tens of thousands of troops. That's an invasion. That's an invasion dressed up as this, but what is it really? It's all these troops, and then at any point, kind of like Dark Knight, they all turn and shoot the mayor. You can use them and just take over the capital. So we use this Middle Eastern occupation as all these different explanations, all these different rabbit holes, all these different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not subversion. Um, oh, what the fuck is the word? It's going to drive me crazy. Subterfuge, I think. There are all these bickerings about why we're here, why we're not here, but no one's looking about what's happening over here. And again, it's just us being there. So I'm clearly going in circles and rehashing that. But, so we're there. Now, why are we there? Well, as we can see, even in the year 2020, not all warfare is fought with lasers from space, which in a past solo rant, I did go in and argue that we are doing that because clearly I'm stable. You do need troops there. It's not, you know, there's no D-Day thing, but it's, you do need physical presence there. So why not spend, oh, I don't know, 19 years amassing an army dressed up as a war against Saddam and the Taliban and whatever. What are we really doing? We are just adding. Right, isn't that how they wanted to break the hostages out of Iran? Granted, they were released, but during that time... Or maybe that was a real thing. Isn't uh, There was a movie with the guy that played Aragorn from Lord of the Rings where the CIA set up a... Um, a front company as a Hollywood uh, studio shooting a film, but what it really was was that's was an excuse for these these people in the Middle East to be like, oh my God, Western Studios coming, right? And they came in and were like, we're shooting a movie, and they were like, fuck yeah, there's a movie, and no one thinking that that was actually a puppet that the CIA was then using that to set up base, right? You really wanted to, um, you know, Patriot Spygate, you really wanted to learn the other team's plays, you would just have someone dressed up as the other team's fan go there and record them because I'm recording the team I like, right? So you can do all these intelligence ops. So we're over there and we've amassed an army over 20 years. Now, what are we going to do? Was Is the purpose of amassing the army is the end result that we don't have to use the army? If you want peace, prepare for war. Are we getting? Are we going to invade them? Are we going to occupy for another 10 years and then the forces are ready for us to go over there? Who knows? This is what I think. And this is all based on nothing but my ramblings. I think that we are there to set up... Because we have the Pacific Ocean, which helps us in the Atlantic, right? But... We have China and Russia, and then we have ocean. China and Russia, but then there's a ton of land, right? That's the whole NATO Warsaw Pact. We were worried about them flooding in. That's, again, Call of Duty. That was the plot. was Operation Greenlight or Project Greenlight to have all the nukes buried in cities ahead of time to prevent occupation. Uh, those nuclear landmines, which Dr. Vince uh, Houghton, 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 Houghton talks about in his book, Nuking the Moon. Um... 
those weird nukes that the British built, these like underground nuclear landmines that were kept above freezing temperature by putting in a bunch of chickens that walked around and ate and shit and reproduced, but their body heat kept it from uh, kept it in a constant like semi thaw. Why is it that when people get older, they sneeze so loudly? My mom and dad, holy ice, for God, it sounds like they're screaming at a football game. Love them to death. So is it that we're putting up this barricade so we don't have to worry about some European just flooding of Russia and China, which they may already be doing, or that might just be the powers that be at large, Kalergi plan, K-A-L-E-R-G-I, the idea that you beat, you beat democratic, uh, you beat democratic nations and the West, including all of like Europe by playing at their own game you flood them with third world immigrants they go and they drain the welfare state where they set up a welfare state and then they drain the resources take it away from their ability to put it into military and then not only that each one goes over there they each have 10 kids which they do do it doesn't matter because government's picking up the bill and then you can actually you don't even have to do some psyop you can just vote in your own thing technically democratically hey it's a beautifully orchestrated game you got to respect the game kalergi plan but I think this is our own Kalergi plan. I don't even know what you would call it. I don't know, 21st century manifest destiny? So what we're doing is we're setting up this, this barrier to keep the Soviets and the Chinese expanding. Right? We kind of let them maybe fuck with India. But not only that, and this is one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately. Or not necessarily lately, over the last five years, maybe ten years. Is, if I'm correct, doesn't the United States have more natural gas, oil, and coal deposits within our borders than any other nation on the planet? And I know that sounds insane. It's actually looked that up. I don't want to be fake news. Uh, please bear with me while I take a second to look shit up. Um, U.S. oil reserves are the U.S. Let's see. Proven oil reserves in the United States. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve. They say that we have, I think, 43.8, per Wikipedia, we have 43.8 billion barrels of crude oil, excluding the Strategic Petroleum Observe. Reserve. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm on oil reserves in the United States on Wikipedia. Proven oil reserves in the United States were 43.8 billion barrels of crude oil as of the end of 2018, Excluding the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Open link in your tab. The 2018 reserves represent the largest U.S. proven reserve since 1972. The Energy Information Administration, I didn't know we had that, estimates U.S. undiscovered, technically recoverable oil, uh, oil resources to be an additional 198 billion barrels. Strategic Petroleum Reserve... The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is a supply of petroleum held by the United States Department of Energy for emergency fuel. 
It is the largest emergency supply in the world. And its underground tanks in Louisiana and Texas have a capacity for 797 million barrels. The United States started the Petroleum Reserve in 1975 after oil supplies were interrupted by the 1973-74 oil embargo to mitigate future supply disruptions. Facilities. Okay, so we yeah, so we have these reserves, and then we have shit that we haven't even tapped into yet. We think that there's a hundred and thirty foot, hundred and ninety eight billion bar, hundred ninety eight billion barrels of oil that we have not pulled out yet, and a lot of it is, so we don't go at so. What's your natural thought is, well, why are we buying it from all these other nations when we have it on our own and we can tie that back into U.S. debt? So let's observe what it is. The bases around the world, call it what it is. It's an empire. You can dress it up with any semantics you'd like. It's an empire. So let's say it's... um, Let's say it's spring break and you and all your friends, you all have rented houses down on the beach in Panama City. And there's a finite amount of beer in the city. Let's just for whatever reason, let's fuck it. Let's say there's quarantine. Everyone went and bought everything out of the stores and everything, right? So let's just say stores aren't a thing. Let's call it like a, like a, say there's just a strip of houses, right? Just, I don't know, 20 mansions, bunch of frat boys down there, right? Other houses are saying that, and everyone's got just, you know, hundreds of cases of beer, thousands of individual cans, kegs, liquor, whatever. Our house is the American house. Other houses are all over the world. Some notable ones are the Saudi house, the uh, United Arab, Arab Emirates house, the Qatar house, and the Iraq, the Afghanistan. And they obviously have tons of beer. You might even argue that they have more beer than us. But the reality is, is every house has enough beer for themselves. It's it, we're, it's you and ten friends at your house, and you guys have f- a f- fucking five thousand beers in the basement. The Saudi house has twenty thousand. What you're going to do, and you, and it's you're in quarantine. Don't question about going back to school or those those parameters don't matter. You're in quarantine, and we're here whatever indefinitely we're in a simulation one day the beer will run out and when the beer runs out and you go through withdrawals and die literally other houses are going to jack their prices up Right now they're, you know, they're having big parties and, you know, like a frat party, you can go buy a wristband for 20 bucks and it's unlimited drinking, whatever. Maybe we just say they, they're selling it for a nickel a beer or whatever. Maybe a dollar a beer, right? Maybe it's a real ripoff. Maybe it's $5, $5 a beer. Okay, this image is coming together in my head. You go 
and you buy that beer. And the, the beer prices back home, oil prices, they fluctuate up and down. I remember when it was back at $5 a gallon. And it, well, this president's good because it's down a, a bug on that, whatever. You go and you buy theirs. And you buy it all the time. You're their biggest fucking buyer. Every night you guys have a party. And every night, 100% of the beer that you buy is from the Saudi house, the Russian house, the Ukraine, whatever. You got all these pie. And you're buying beer, you're buying wine and tequila and vodka and whiskey and bourbon and Everclear. And fuck, you're even buying cigarettes, you're buying weed, tobacco, Coke, whatever. And it costs a lot of money, but you just keep doing it. And people back at your house every once in a while are like, bro, we have so much beer in the basement. Why are we buying all this? And you say, shut the fuck up. And they say, sorry. And you say, don't worry about it, but don't fucking ask me again. We are not going into We're not drilling. We're not drilling our reserves. Okay, whatever. You just go and fill up your car, whatever. You keep doing that. And you keep going. And this goes on for decades, a century, whatever. No one's aging. Doesn't matter. Shut up. You're buying all this beer. You're buying all their beer. And the prices go up and they go down. There are deals. There are rushes. There are there are. Uh, freezes whatever and you keep going and you keep buying it and buying it and buying it don't worry about the money we'll get into that in a minute you're just getting it one day war breaks out between the houses not we're not actually killing each other but seeing as how we're all alcoholics and we will die from withdrawal you could say it is you know for keeps And it's just fist fights and maybe a broken chair, a couple of brothers, maybe got a broken jaw. One of my friends bit off another guy's ear, Mike Tyson style. That actually happened in Valdosta, Georgia. Pi Kappa Phi, Beta Todd Chapter, Fall 2011. Shout out. But there's a war. There's a frat war between all the frat houses. And they're no longer selling you any beer. The Saudis aren't. In the lead up to the war, maybe they're jacking the prices up. And maybe there's a war and they temporarily freeze and they don't let you get any, but you have, or they, or they do let you get some, but they're jacking the prices up, but you still buy it. Just like a good little cuck. You buy all their beer. Shit settles back down. Bros are friends. Maybe they go butt fuck each other because a lot of them are closet gays. Nothing wrong with that. But they go back, do Greek week, whatever. The drinking continues and this goes on for a couple more years, maybe a decade, whatever. That's the stimulation. Don't worry about it. And this happens on and off, these cycles. Every once in a while, the Saudis discover a keg from another... Oh, fuck. And remember, there's no new There's no new beer coming into this strip of frat houses. There is blocked off from the world. There is just whatever. And whatever you want to imagine, a force field, a cliff, 100,000 miles high, doesn't matter. This is the reality. Nothing exists outside of this. Every once in a while, they find a new keg in the basement. Sure. And maybe prices go down. You know, there's a surplus. Maybe they start giving away for more. Or maybe they miscalculate the amount of beer they had and they realize they don't have a surplus and the price goes up. Call it what it is. Objectively, we are giving them paper or Venmos and they are giving us beer and that trade route goes on. It used to be the golden triangle with spices and slaves and now it's just beer. But then one day... A true world war breaks out. And it's a big fight. 
the brothers are actually getting like pistols. A couple people have died. There is no trading. There will be no trading. This is World War Three. We've been buying their beer for a dollar a can, up to ten dollars a can during the previous what we would now call battles, limited skirmishes. But this is legit. This isn't black eyes and broken jaws. People have been murdered, and we're now and we're going. Yo, know, we'll give you a hundred dollars per can, and they're going no. We're going to give you a thousand dollars a can, and they're going no. And we're, we start to realize there's, they legitimately don't. So we test the waters a little more. We're like, a million dollars. Here's the check. They say, no, we have this. This is These are our cans. And we realize that we can't get any more. Now, the war starts. You know, Maybe we send over spec ops teams. We try to take them out, whatever. It doesn't matter. The reality is, is when all else fails. It's like I, on my desktop, I have 100 terabytes of hard drives. I have four 12 terabytes, two 16s, and two 10s. It's 100 terabytes, eight individual hard drives. And I offload the information onto each one. So I keep eight copies up here. And then in here, which is a sentry safe, a fireproof, waterproof safe, 1,700 degrees for an hour, and um, submerged in water, I think up to like a foot deep for 24 hours. Inside of that is a dry bag. Inside of that is a dry Faraday bag against EMPs. Inside of that is a second dry bag. Inside of that is a second dry Faraday bag. Inside of that are three fireproof bags. Inside each of those three fireproof bags is a Faraday, not dry, but just a Faraday bag. And inside each of the, sorry, inside the three fireproof bags are two Faraday bags each. Inside each Faraday bag is a waterproof, shockproof, dustproof, five terabyte hard drive. Sorry, four terabyte. Six total, 24. This is NORAD. I've got a 4K TV. I've got an Xbox One X. I've got a couple Bose uh, wireless headphones. I've got a router. I've got several battery banks. I've got, I mean, 30, 40 USB-C things. I've got a, a big old box fan. I've got routers. I got laptop fans. I got, you know, I got a microphone. I got two, uh, two webcams. I got lighting. I got all this shit, right? I got a big old expensive plush chair. I've got my water. I've got my lamps. I've got all of this AC system, heating system. This can all be destroyed. I can come in here with a jerry can full of gas, dump it all over, throw a match onto it, walk away, burn the fucking house down. This floor can collapse onto the cement garage below. That can it this can all be destroyed. Fire one, impact two, break. Three, so one, the fire damage would destroy all of this, but even if there wasn't fire damage, the fall would destroy all of this, everything. This isn't, none of this stuff's shock rated. It would all be destroyed. And then, so independently, those would destroy it, but they're not even independent. They're subsequent. So fire, shock, fall down. The fire department comes and just douses this motherfucker, just soaks it down to the ground under all the rubble. So now it's being flooded again independently would destroy any of this but it's not independent it's subsequent so fire impact water and then just say there's a solar flare a big one 
or an EMP burst, whatever, independently would fry all of this forever, would not be recoverable. But again, not independent, it's subsequent, so it's fire, shock, water, EMP, and then let's just say the rubble sits here for a year and it starts, you know, carbonized, it's dry, it starts breaking apart. Like when you go up to a, uh, like a, a fire pit a week after you had a bonfire, it's not even warm anymore, but it is, you know, carbonized, it's breaking off and it's dusty and you touch it, you get ash. Dust gets into everything. The dust would destroy everything. And again, independently would destroy it, let alone subsequent. Fire, impact, water, EMP, dust. All of this shit can be destroyed. A lot of money. About 5K worth of shit up here. All destroyed. NORAD vault survives, and that's the purpose of it. I have to go urinate. Not even sorry, but we'll get back to the beer analogy in a second. Just fucking hang tight. Don't you don't you go anywhere. I will strike you. So this is the thing that I can have all this nice shit up here, right? It's all fun. I don't need to shield it, you know. Like the NORAD thing, things a bitch. I only take that out once a week to I unwrap it all. It's like a thirty-minute process. Upload it all. It's like an hour because you got to upload the week of podcasts. Normally about 100, 150 gigs each. Then you put it all back in, right? What's the benefit of all this stuff? is exposed but it's also i can just sit down and use it i don't have to wrap the microphone in 19 layers of water and emp and dust and fire shielding same with the tv the router i don't need to unplug anything it's all so i can just sit down and use it so there's that benefit and then you got this right you got your spending money you got your fun investment money you know new startup vegas then you've got your blue chips and your gold bars and whatever you've got your just on time perishables and then you've got your powdered foods, right? You've got your 100-pound bag of rice. And it's good to have that. So when all else fails, I have that. All my shit gets wiped. I've had people say, well, upload it to YouTube. Well, YouTube delete shit. And they have deleted episode 288. You go watch it on Rumble and BitChute. It's actually still up on YouTube. They only deleted the HD version. Nobody tell them goes to show what they don't like that episode was crossed the rubicon but let's not go down that hole <sighs> because like your mom it's been beaten to death Got him. it's so it's this backup frat house world wars on the beach in panama city 
They're not selling the beer. We wrote the $10 million check. They're not selling it. Okay, so shit's real. And let's just say there's somehow mutually assured destruction, so we can't even go invade. Fuck, we really are. It's button up. Button up your borders. Like my boy Smedley Butler said in 1933, pull back all U.S. forces. He was like George Washington reincarnate. Pull back all U.S. forces, defend your borders, defend your homes, and defend the Bill of Rights, and that's it. And that's what we have to do, right? So we're there. There's no, no one can get any beer. We can only rely on our beer. And this is a world war. This isn't a skirmish. For all intents and purposes, we assume that this world war ends in thermonuclear mutually assured destruction, which escalates for some frat houses on the beach, but whatever. Let's just say we've each got to kill a ton nuke. So for the rest of our lives, we, ha- we can only use what is in our basement. Well, it today's your lucky fucking day because we have not touched our beer since we discovered it or since we bought it, whatever. For the analogy, you oil discover beer. How much do we have? We have 100,000 cans of beer. 100,000 cans. There's 10 of us here. We each get 10,000 cans. You have a beer every two hours to keep withdrawals at bay. That's 10 a day. You get a thousand days. That's 10 a day, a thousand days, 10,000. Right? And so you're, you're going to die eventually. <laughs> we'll call it uh, we'll call it 100 million instead of 100,000. You just get 10 million beers. So you get a million days of a beer every two hours. Whatever. You're, you 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 can have you can get hammered every fucking day for the rest of your life, eighty years, and we're not going to run out of beer. Wow, that was all worth it, and that is what I believe is why we don't absolutely rape our own land of coal and oil. We do a little bit, you know, Arctic maybe, but we don't touch the stuff here. Now, why do you not touch the stuff here? one you have it but two if you did have to go get it from somewhere else the oil from somewhere else one once you take out the guy who's to say that he's just gonna say ah you got me no he's gonna pull Saddam and he's gonna rig his own oil wells you can't ha- I can't have it no one can fuck out of here and what are you gonna do you're gonna go so you can't just go get the oil with your oil trucks it's now a military operation you have to set up a border right Black Hawk down send in delta to the house but then you've got the rangers at the four blocks around it right you got to go set up a border to go build this thing to go get the oil out and then to get it out and by the way you're exporting something that's fucking flammable and explosive in a war zone so that's a whole and then we'll say it's world war three so you don't even want to risk it because it could be mutually assured destruction the chinese are going to be there the russians are going to be there you don't even want to fuck with it what about oil at home? Well, we it's not even discovered. We know we haven't even refined it. You're within our borders. You're behind our defense wall. Our net of trillion dollar weapons. Take your time. Not take your time. We you know push it, but there's no one shooting at you. There's you're not. So you have that whole thing. You know the the, the hundred million beers in your basement. <sighs> Maybe it's not even 100 million. Maybe what it is is it's like the ingredients. 
and I'm not talking like good. I'm not talking about like nice aged wine and some fancy fermenting process. I mean, like you're making like bathtub gin, like you're making homemade brew. So it's like, it's nothing special, but you have the ingredients, right? And that's what you have in this massive frat house basement. That's like 50 floors deep, whatever. Shut up. But you can take your time and put it all together and ferment it at your own leisure. You guys are set forever. But you you know, you're a, you're a tactician, so you're not thinking forever. You're thinking, okay, we can buy some time before we go take over the world. That is what I think we are doing. That is why we buy oil from other places. Because when shit hits the fan and everyone goes back to their borders buttons up, pulls up the drawbridge and puts the archers in the tower and goes, keep your eyes on the horizon. Eyes on, horizon. Get at me, Eminem. That is what you're going to be doing. Is you got to save your own thing. So even though we're a hyper wealthy nation, We've got all this shit. Why are we paying? And why? And furthermore, why are we buying it from these fucking terrorists? It's because you're playing a much longer game. Terrorists suck. Sure, we're funding them. We're funding their badass fucking architecture in Dubai. United Arab Emirates, Palm Jebelali. No, not United Arab Emirates. The um, what's that Dubai hotel? Um. Bird, the Burj, uh, not 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 the big tower. That's the Burj Khalifa, which was originally in the Burj Dubai. The Burj Al Arab, the seven star hotel. Yes, seven. Palm Jebel Ali, Palm Jumeirah, Palm uh, World, uh, Marina One Tower, the Jeddah Kingdom Tower, and Jeddah Saudi Arabia. Back in Dubai, the uh, Dubai Creek Tower. All this shit, right? Not important. They've got their gold plated Rolls Royces. Let them have it. Let them have it. We're getting oil. What do you mean we're getting oil? We can't save this oil. No, burn through that oil so that when shit hits the fan, we have ours. When you stockpile dry food and water and some kerosene, yeah, it would be cheaper to eat it. Go to the food line or the Walmart or whatever the fuck you got. Go get your food while you can. Just in time delivery. Go get the luxury of freshly sliced ham. Whatever. Just go get it. Because by using that now, you are not using your reserves. Right? It's like um It's like when you're playing like a like a survival like mode in a game and you're doing like waves of enemies. And if you have one bullet less than full ammo, so let's say like 180, you can have 180 rounds for an MP5. And the way the game's coded is if you have one bullet left, if you walk over a gun on like a dead soldier, you right, you get the little animation and you pick it up. But then that, that gun disappears from the map. Then you've only gotten one bullet out of it. So what you want to do is you use whatever you have until it's empty and then you run and you get one of those bodies and you pick up the guns you don't just want to run around picking it all up it's a waste so what you do is you try to empty your clip to a reasonable amount if a new wave is starting and you only have three rounds left that's going to kill you so you know go empty that and then go pick up a new clip 
but you leave those tactically. Don't pick them up, don't touch them. Tactically leave them. Why? So that when you're at like wave 30 and it's you and a juggernaut and a fucking helicopter above you, a little bird firing miniguns at you and you've lost your armor and you've lost your self revive and you're just going along and you're trying to dodge claymores and dogs and shit. And you're just going for, you're just, you're just taking pot shots at the juggernaut and then running and ducking and running and ducking. The last thing you want to be going is I don't have any fucking ammo. You want to be running around and picking up a shotgun, an Uzi, whatever, anything, because that's what you're preparing for is desperation. The reason why it doesn't make sense when the game's going well and it's you and a buddy and you've got a Delta team and a couple grenade sentries and you're like, yeah, we're fucking calling in these predator missiles. And we're fine. I've got, I've got self-revive. I've got full ammo. I've got armor. Why do I give a shit? Well, you're not. You've got full flashbang C4 claymores. You're, you're not preparing for that. You're not in the right mindset. You have to be in the mindset of scarcity. Prepare for peace. Prepare for war. You have to be in that mindset of hold on to this, right? Bro, why are we waiting to buy beer from the Saudi house? We're having a party now. Just go fucking buy it. I don't want to walk there. It's fucking 200 yards, dude. We've been on the beach all day. I'm sunburned. I'm tired. Just go buy it. But we have it right here. Just go buy it. You get it and you come back because eventually one day it's not going to be a party. It's going to be delirium tremens. It's going to be alcohol withdrawal. It will truly be a matter of life and death. Then you've got that hundred million beers in the basement. You're set. You're okay. Right? It's like the lesson learned in the movie Black Hawk Down, right? The gothic serpent just leave the nvgs leave your night vision goggles leave your water canteen we'll be right back no prepare for brutal desperation and you'll be okay relatively so is that what we're doing yes i think it is what is that based on nothing fuck off so let's take this one step further There's this big house selling all the beer, the Saudis. Everyone else knows that. And guess what? You're not the only one with this brilliant plan of let's not touch our oil reserves. The Soviets and the and the Chinese do too. They're, they're not stupid. I think the Chinese are objectively evil. The CCP. Not the Chinese people. They're just fucking people. They're not stupid. Respect your enemy. They are thinking the same thing you're thinking. So, we now have to take this to another level. You could say the Soviets, or not Soviets, the Russians are maybe doing the same thing. Whatever. So now the game becomes not simply buy it all up because now we all have our own reserves. It is now, that's all been canceled out, right? It's like the bottom row in Tetris when it, it just disappears. It's all canceled out. All right, it's um, you know, it's when um, it's when the Chrysler Tower beat Forty Wall Street to become the tallest tower. They they low they raised the spire up on the last day of the the the, the tower battle, whatever it was, and it pushed it to I think one thousand forty six or one thousand forty seven feet. Right, that's great, fantastic. Empire State Building comes around, pushes it to twelve fifty, 
Empire State Building. I think after that it goes to the Sears Tower. Sears Tower goes to World Trade Center. World Trade Center goes to Patronus Towers. Patronus goes to Type A 101. Type A 101 goes to, I believe, Burj Khalifa. But so now the Burj Khalifa is sitting at like 2,700 feet. What used to be a respectable tower, a thousand feet, now it doesn't matter. You, up until 2,700 feet, you're simply matching. So to build a taller tower, it is now only once you've hit 2,700 does it start to become, I guess, uh, noticeable, gain, gain worthy. Is that the right word? Right? If you get sacked 50 yards behind doing some NFL Blitz 2000 scramble, and then the next play you throw for 49 yards, I mean, that's great, but you, you're still you still need another yard before it's actually like quote-unquote profit forward uh gain is that it forward momentum forward progress so it all gets canceled out a 2700 foot tall tower is still impressive but if you're going for to, if you're going to be the winner and in a game of life and death towers not so much but whatever you have to be able to push past that. So now the Soviets, the United States, and the Chinese have all... We're doing the same thing. We're pushing our reserves to the limit. No one's letting anyone know what their reserves are, right? But let's just... We've got to assume they got what we have. They have 100 million beers as well. So that has now all been negated. It's like neutral nuclear destruction, nuclear weapons. What's the next step? Become MIRVs, and then nuclear subs, and then Operation Greenlight, and then defense weapons, SDI, treaty, SALT, sabotage, economic warfare, collapse of the Soviet Union, whatever. So it's all been equaled out. It's all been canceled out. So you now have to go one step further. You know, it's like when kids get a four. I, we don't need to keep going into examples. You get what I'm saying. And if you don't, I'd rewind it and follow along. If everyone has one apple and I have two, what is my lead? It's one apple, all right? Okay. So what is now the move? The Chinese, the Russians, North Koreans, the Iranians... We're all, they're all going, okay, now we all need to buy out the Saudi house of their beer. Other houses are saving their rice and their canned food. We all need to go to Walmart and get those deli sandwiches, right? And they're having the same realization that you're having at the same time. <laughs> and that is... Fuck. They're, sorry, they're having the same realization that you're having. And what that realization is is that they're having the same realization you're having. It's like looking, it's like in the produce aisle in the store when you look at the mirror or the mirrors facing each other and goes into affinity. We're all realizing that we're all realizing that we're all realizing that we're all realizing. So go buy it all out. All right, so now the whole market does its thing. Now it becomes this brief economic war. We'll pay more, no, we'll pay more, no, we'll pay more, right? Wasn't that the thing in like the mid-2000s where... Um, everyone were like uh it was it became this weird profitable thing that it was it was profitable to buy an an oil tanker's worth of oil and then pay for it to stay moored in the harbor 
there was some weird phenomenon where that was happening where we had all these huge gas tankers or oil tankers like docked off I, th I think it was somewhere in the gulf and uh, the arab gulf and it was like this weird thing where like that was the profitable thing so we, you would get all these weird things where that would be profitable and then you know burning it off would be profitable or some shit or it's now profit we'd get this weird economic warfare which is still peaceful relatively and then that would eventually right that would cancel out because we would all be buying right and there would be some weird uh, i guess like there would be some point of profitability or tactical stra uh, strategic advantage have all these I don't know, intersecting graphs and shit, and that would be the price point that you want to get it at. Because you can't just spend all your money on the oil, you gotta also have a standing army, and if you don't spend this money on the standing army, then that kind of negates the whole strategic reserve thing in general, because now they'll be able to just come in the back door, that's what she said, that she'll be coming in the back door and steal your oil, and that's what she said if she was intelligent and she understood the strategic reserve crude oil. If the girl you're talking to doesn't understand the strategic oil reserve that I'm getting at, dump that hoe. Because she is not going to be ready for the coming collapse. All right? All right. Thank you. So then that gets maxed out. Same thing. 2,800-foot tower. 2,900-foot tower. Everyone bumps up, and then that becomes the new norm. It just keeps pushing. It's an addiction. It's opiate withdrawal. It's caffeine binding to the adenosine receptors. It's whatever it takes. It's just continual pushing, which isn't a sustainable model. What is infinite growth on finite resources? That's cancer edgy comment about humanity's cancer whatever i'm not here to debate the philosophical implications of the end game or the process in which we get to the end game but rather how do you win it for right now because that's all us short-sighted humans do boom we all eventually end up buying it up we all hit that sweet spot to buying it versus keeping your military right you also can't have the nation collapsing right you gotta have you gotta keep the infrastructure going it's all of that you know it's it's business it's just fucking business with my biology degree let me lecture you on international geopolitics and energy trade but eventually after x number i'm getting out of breath eventually after x decades It would become clear that because then once everyone's buying everything then you could go one step further now we're pushing to a 3,000 foot tower you go one step further and you could start projecting at current models we're all gonna buy this out by we'll just say a week from now and we're buying this much every day then that means we're each gonna we have three main nations maybe before China Russia Iran America we're all going at it so you can now project it it's now become right it's when you like spike the ball to run the clock down like you can now start to project to exactly when it's going to end right you see players start shaking hands on the field like at the game still why is the real collection that was always me i don't get it the clock's still running how come they're, how come they're shaking hands already how come people are working in the field and it's like because you're retarded you dumb bitch stop it okay all right so you now project it. So we've now gone a step further. Strategic reserves, buying up, buying up at a at a competitive price, balancing this, that, and the other thing. Obviously, you're going to have your sabotage and your subterfuge and your intel operations and your propaganda war, cyber war, 
whatever. You could then fuck with each other's reserves, but primarily it's buying, buying, buying. You can then project it. So we now know that it's going to run out on this day. We're buying beer from the Saudi house on this day. Or we're all going to be buying. We know it's going to run out next Sunday. Well, at a certain point, to those paying attention, not to the normies, but to those paying attention, right? It's like if you understood continuity of government and you started seeing like local bunkers, start seeing a little, a little more activity, maybe some extra shipments of water. Maybe you saw a couple of generators coming in on a flatbed. It might, it might go, oh, it's, it might be time to make some moves. Honey, we're going to stay in the house in the woods. Why? Just, we are. Bring some water. We'll just, we're going. Bring some ammo. I mean, that's what Curtis LeMay said to his kids. He said, you're not going to get it. kind of a dick. You're not going to get any warning from me. I'm not bringing you to the bunker. And furthermore, I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to the bunker because that could serve as information that could be intercepted, loose lip sync ships. I think he said, pay attention, be alert, be aware of your surroundings. Not bad advice. Shout out Curtis LeMay. Bombs away LeMay. But you might start paying a little more attention to those who are paying attention. So to those who are, pay, are paying attention and they understand this whole energy battle, and this is occurring over decades, they all know that they're going to purchase out Saudi Arabia's supplies at X day or Iraq or whatever. And not only that, you could say, well, they're not going to sell us 100% of theirs, so they're probably going to blot out a little bit. At a certain point, it comes time to make moves. We're going to go take it. But I thought the whole point of the strategic reserves is we're not going to, you know, we can't go, well, no, you can't once there's World War III. But what if World War III hasn't started yet? What if we can go do some things while the world's still cold? Go blot out the oil and go start burning all that and using it for you. And so when they eventually run out, you will have been able to purchase more beer from the Saudi house and thus have a greater strategic reserve. The other nations will have had to have dipped into their reserves early. Same thing as you know buying the oil and projecting it out a week. Now we can project it out five decades. We know each house has 100 million uh, cans of beer. They're going to run out in 30 years. We're going to run out in 35 years. We have the leverage we want. Now, what's the point of winning? Doesn't really matter because we all die anyway. But seeing as how that's the game we're playing and it's the game that we've been playing for millennia, that's what it is. So you go there and you occupy it under the guise of... An endless war and ever, you know, it's, it's like when people say Trump or Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or George Bush are stupid. Bitch, they're in the Oval Office and they're pulling the fucking strings that control the world. They're not stupid. And if they're, stup if they're stupid, you're Terry Schiavo. You're fucking dead. So the idea that we're just in this quagmire in the Middle East and it's like we're just these dopey like well, I guess we're going to go over there with our troops and we're going to occupy this land and we're going to fight a losing war in the Middle East. 
I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think Trump is crazy. I think Trump is brilliant. I don't think Biden has dementia. I think he's playing a fucking well-executed act. These people are geniuses. Psychopaths, geniuses, though. I think that's why we're there. And then not only that, you're there, let everyone bicker about why you're there, but you're there. And then when the oil does run out and we've purchased all of the beer and we now send the message back home, now tap into the reserves. Your army's your army is already there. That's an army you've been moving for 20 years to get into that position. World Wars now started. You have now moved hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of troops there. Tens of thousands of armored vehicles. You've set up air bases, op or forward operating bases, communication networks. You've mapped out the land. You've occupied it. You've won over the locals. You're using the locals. Shout out CIA. You're doing all of this. You're there. You're already there. You've, you've, you've fucking, you've done it. And so when it comes down to it, we're now using reserves, a game of pennies, picking up the gun with the one bullet versus picking up the gun when you have 179 bullets. Each barrel matters. And you've now moved, you've physically moved hundreds of millions of tons of equipment across the fucking world, regardless of the fact. So don't even, don't even think of kind of like earlier with the EMP, the fire, the dust. Don't even think about subsequent. Think about independent. Regardless of the oil, where are we physically on a map? What are the coordinates? We're there. We have this thing. F equals MA. Force equals mass times acceleration. It's physically, there's this many joules and this many ounces of oil. We have physically moved this much armored matter on this, not even matter, tanks, guns, grenades, MREs. We have moved there. So there is a... A chunk out of the oil reserve that costs money. It's a non-negotiable. There's no negotiating with physics. That's what it is. So regardless of giving, making us not have to tap into our reserves until a couple years after China and, and Russia, what have we also done? Our, our military is now there. So that when the reserves do run out and war starts... We're even another step ahead. So they have to tap into the reserves five years before we do. So there's five years of reserve points knocked off theirs. So we're now at 100 and they're all at 95. Now you have to move armies. Bitch, that's going to be another five. They're all, they're all now at 90. And we don't go, it's not that, and it's not an even drop. It's not that we're at 100 and they're all at 95, but now everyone's got to move their army. So everyone drops another five and it cancels out. No, we've already moved the army. So now we're still at 100. And they're all at 90. And then we'll start eating through our reserves and we'll go down to 89, 88, whatever. But we're now going at a constant rate. But they're also going at a constant rate. And we're going at a constant rate from a higher starting point. We've won. Yeah. And then furthermore, they can't even move their armies across the Pacific to fight you 
because now now they have to address you coming in from the Middle East. You're now on land already. You've made landfall. I don't know if that's the right term. I have to pee again, but I have a couple more notes to make about this. So, you then have to think about, <clears throat> is that not just, you can now replace oil with uh, any term. Water, coal, timber, livestock, grain, rare earth metals, iron, or yeah, different ores, did I say ore? Um, chemicals used for pharmaceuticals the raw materials again not patents not things that can be stolen just the real real politics where is this matter physically located on the earth <laughs> and you would have these things they would all be being carried out at the same time they would overlap <sighs> So, you then have to take it one step further. What if you could occupy that land and then found another oil source? But you didn't want to occupy that, you would buy it out. And what if you do things like the SR-71 Blackbird, where we needed titanium to build its skin, but we couldn't get it because we didn't have enough titanium reserves. Where was the titanium reserves? Soviet Union, so what did we do? The CIA set up, I think, 10 shell companies, and they used it to purchase the titanium ore, which then we used to create the Blackbird, which spied on it. I used the, I used the stones to destroy this. I used the... I mean, the ore, this is a kind of a joke I thought of, is we use, ore is, right, you could say it's soil, part of the soil. We use the Russian soil to spy on the Russian soil. In, in a literal sense, it's what we did. We took their dirt, molded it into a plane, and then flew over to spy on their dirt. I use the ore to spy on the ore. You could set up shell companies to buy the oil from these other nations. And then you might be saying, well, what about synthetic oil? What if, what if we didn't even have to play this whole oil game? We just found out how to synthesize it. 
Well, ultimately, that game would run to the same limits. If everyone learned how to synthesize it, eventually it would leak out. The Manhattan Project, uh, Carl's, uh, was it uh, Carl Fuchs? Was it Fuchs? The Rosenbergs. I mean, information from the Manhattan Project seeped out to Stalin before we even uh, detonated the first nuke, which is insane. So it's going to leak out. So we then argue that everyone knows about the synthetic oil and everyone's waiting because eventually once everyone's making synthetic oil, the new gold will become the components or the processes for creating said oil. Again, it would all come down to you have to get an edge and what would the edge be to first play the, the, the crude oil reserves, right? The fossil fuels. So this game has these tiers and these like multiple chess moves ahead that you have to plan for and contingencies and sabotage and betrayal. Ultimately ending in, like we're planning for these dates in like 2040, 50, 60, 70. That's what you would do. Now, what about other other places where we haven't occupied? You could say maybe the United Arab Emirates. You could say maybe, again, using these front companies to buy from these other nations. <laughs> Let's say that works. Well, now the limiting factor becomes money. And this, is, this could be a whole, this actually will be a whole other episode. But I guess I'll kind of leave it on this. So what would you do with the money? You'd buy it from them. Would you only max out your debit card? No, you'd go into credit. How much? I don't know. Maybe $27 trillion worth? Who owns the debt? People we're eventually going to be at war with. How's that saying go? If you owe me a million dollars, you're screwed. If you owe me a billion dollars, I'm screwed. If you owe me a trillion, now I'm adding my own part. If you owe me a trillion dollars, you're dead. So all this debt that China, oh, China owns our debt. Good. I think that our debt is our most beautifully operated weapon above the A-bomb, above directed energy weapons in space. It's our debt. Our debt, it's like a game of, it's like a game of golf. The lower your score, the better. Guess what? Negative 27 trillion. That means we won. You got duped. You gave us $27 trillion worth of shit that we're not paying you back for. Hey, bro, can I have a beer? I'll pay you back. Sure. Can I have two? I'll pay you. Sure. And you just run up a tab for four years of college and eventually he says, all right, I'm going to war with you. My house on the beach is going to your house on the beach. And you say, fuck you. What do you mean, fuck you? You owe me. Well, we're at war anyway. We've clearly all just decided that we are now going to kill each other. So anything short of that doesn't matter. It falls under that umbrella, including not paying back debts. Well, your credit doesn't matter. Credit doesn't matter in World War III. There is no after. The U.S. debt is the most brilliant thing about America. You would use their money to buy their oil not only that, it's it's like Al Capone, right? Running moonshine in three continents, or sorry, three counties. And you borrow, what if you borrowed $10 million from Al Capone in the 20s? 
or not even we won't even say Al Capone. We'll just use modern. Let's say I borrowed, I borrowed a billion dollars from a cartel in Mexico, the Sinaloas, and I'm not paying it back. Tommy, you're a moron. They're gonna come fuck you up. Oh, that Mexican cartel? Yeah, they're ruthless. They kill people. What'd you use your money on? I hope it was worth it. Actually, it was. I hired Dale and all of his Delta buddies. I got some guys from the 160th Soar, and I got my buddy AJ, and he's got a whole fucking fleet of Abrams tanks. Well, well, what? I used your money to build an army to fight your muscle men coming to collect your money. I won. I stole it out of your back pocket. It's over. We're not giving you any more money. It doesn't matter. I now physically own these tanks. Well, you got to go pay back wherever you bought these tanks from. No, I don't, because now I have the tanks. So it's... It doesn't matter. You won. So America and $27 trillion of debt to China? Good. We're not paying that back. Are you fucking kidding me? We're not paying that back. We're never going to pay it back, ever. And buy up resources. Where's 90%, 30% of the, the reserves, but where's 90% of the market of uh, rare earth metals in the world? China. What are we doing here? Buying up iPhones, computers, Xboxes. We, they, we now own the rare earth metals, and during a war, you would just turn them in. And you'd extract what you needed from them. It's over. It, we we won. And I don't. But I have to be humble because if I can come to that realization, there's no way war planners in China and the Soviet Union haven't come up with that conclusion too. So what is the next step? I have no idea. And I guess that's why I'm not in the Pentagon. Because they're naturally... Ha unless they really haven't thought of that. Which would either mean, A, I'm a genius, which I don't think. I know. Or B, there is another step after it. But it, yeah, so it wouldn't just be for oil. It would be for everything, including buying arms. I don't know. Maybe the Chinese caught on to it. And they're they're sort of spiking the oil well was COVID. And they were like, fuck you. And it, hey, brilliant move. We're grinding to a halt. Meanwhile, their country's running and they're preparing for war. Who knows? I swear to God. When old people sneeze. What the why why do they yell? I mean yell. The answer to that is more complex than using trillions of dollars in unsettled debts to occupy land and extract energy-dense resources from the earth. It's got to make you think, though. Is SpaceX really just SpaceX? Is that not a front? Is the next step in the game... Past monetary battle 
occupying another planet. So when that this one goes to thermonuclear war, whoever wins is whoever has an outpost in another planet. That's their NORAD, their backup hard drive. <sighs> it was the Tic Tac hours. I mean, these things are hidden. I mean, look, Elon Musk is using these rockets to go to Mars, and he said that there's going to be a pressurized version of the Cybertruck that can that can work on Mars. He said that by taking on global air travel, he'll be able to get us to Mars, and by doing that, he means using self-landing rockets to greatly reduce travel time in the world and thus completely undercutting and making obsolete the commercial airline industry. He's doing the boring company to total holes underneath L.A., I think I think he's practicing to build tunnels on Mars because of radiation. You got to get below the surface. <laughs> I mean, these these things they're they're hidden. Are we using COVID as an excuse to bring everyone home because we're getting ready for war? Are Trump and Biden working together to create this election fraud feud, but meanwhile something's happening behind it? Who the fuck knows? And I don't think I have all the answers. I think whatever I've figured out, they've figured out as well. Just like I don't think Trump is stupid, I don't think Biden's stupid. I imagine me sitting here saying, oh, China, you so stupid. Letting us take $27 trillion of loans. I imagine that I'm the stupid one. That they've figured that out. And that there's a reason why they're allowing that to happen. I mean, look, it's it's either I figured it out and they didn't, which is terrifying because that means... That means that I'm smart, which is not true because I'm a retard. Or it means that I don't have the answer, which is terrifying because it just means it's even more complex. It's the foggy forest of mirrors per Dale Comstock. Is this whole thing, this whole battle of oil reserves and occupation and finance and planetary settlement, is that... Is the whole thing actually one big operation to act as a front? And is it AI pulling the strings? Because we're looking at the shiny object while it's amassing processing power. Hmm. Who knows? That was a fun one. 7.16 p.m. December 7.16 p.m. Eastern Time, December 28th, Monday, 2020. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. I certainly did. And, uh, yeah. I have no idea how to end this. Fuck you.